Hmm, you're probably wondering how you got here. It's the Woodworking Morning Show. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good it's morning. the morning show. I'm Mark, and I'm Nicole, and we're going to talk about woodworking. Wood. We're going to thank some people too. Do you see all those names? That's a lot of names. So it happens when you skip a week. Yeah, that's what happened. Sorry. So uh, yeah, thank you everybody on that list. Do, should I say them again? Aaron, yeah. Evan Van Dyke, Logan Corliss, Benjamin Magogi, Magogi, Randy Green, Randy Green, excuse me, Scott Steen, Walter. Raider Rojo, Jerry Goodson, Guitar For You, Carrie Coliza, and Bill Manwiller. I like to say Guitar For You. Guitar For You. For You. Yeah, so thank you so much for helping support the show, everybody. We really appreciate it. We do. You can also help support the show at, uh, what is it, patreon.com slash woodwhisper? Yep. Or by hitting that join button on, on YouTube. Uh, the YouTubes. On the YouTubes. Yes. So. What's happening? I like your shirt. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, look, there's not that many shows. I know it's a little early, yeah. but there's not that many actual uh, woodworking morning shows left for me to wear stupid we things like this. We might have one in December. We do might do a, a little bonus holiday show, show. But I've got a lot of shirts with like goofy Christmas stuff on them. You do. And I want to wear those. That's because of me. Yeah. I like goofy shirts. So this was the highlight of my year so far, was, yeah. was getting this sweater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Next week I might not be able to do the show depending on how my week goes with Brian. I'm actually filming on location at uh, Brian Benham's shop. And that's in Colorado Springs, so it's going to be a, a fun commute yeah. for a week. But uh, we'll see you how it may goes. may or may not be back home in time. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you to Anthony Sergio. Sergio? Okay. Sergio? Uh-huh, sure. Name, Matthew? Uh Anthony put me in touch with his friend Aaron Meyer, who, um, he's a leather worker. And he made you some, oh, so some, nice. some sample holdfasts. I know we sell holdfasts, but I was like, yeah, sure, send them. Well, we haven't had them in, in stock for a while, so. But we just got a huge box of them. Yeah. So, Aaron, I'm going to send you some feedback on your holdfast, but you do amazing work. So yeah, if you are interested in following a leather worker... He's over at Instagram at Hyde Gear. Instagram.com. Oh, cool. That was super nice of him. Yeah, so I got him. Boom. Awesome. Well, look, I know what's on everybody's mind, right? And we're yeah. here to provide a distraction for that. But before we get to it, I, I do have to just throw my weight behind a very important candidate. Please, everyone, reelect Goldie Wilson. Somebody was asking where that poster was. Oh, Progress is his middle name. Uh, this is very important to me, very close to my heart. Nicole's freaking out over here. I'm like hitting buttons and... <laughs> ah! Stop. Look, you got Siri waiting for you now. <laughs> no, it says particles freaking out. <laughs> yes, particles are freaking out. All the little particles up in, up in here. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Let's get... Are you gonna, uh, what are you going to do with that Goldie Wilson sign? I got to hang it up somewhere. I'm running it. out of space yeah, yeah, yeah. is the problem. We put MLCS back up. Yeah, there you I go, mean, Mitch. Look, Sorry about that. There's tool companies, tools... And jokes. Yeah. And unfortunately, jokes is on the lowest yeah. <laughs> level of what needs to be on that wall. A, you can put them right over there, though you couldn't. You could put them right there. Uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. But no one yeah. sees it over there. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, what do we got going here today? Before we get started, I want to show you guys the chairs I'm working oh, on. Oh yeah. Uh, you know my buddy Matt Cremona over uh, there. I'm still in the shot. 
Oh, I see you. Look at you. You can't take a break. Don't pick your nose, Nicole. Uh, so I finally no got the correct chairs. He sent the, the walnut ones previously. Uh, these are the cherry ones that my mom actually wanted. <laughs> and uh, uh, we put these together yesterday. There's still glue dripping everywhere. So a lot of cleanup to do at this point, but beautiful chairs. I just wanted to give Matt a little plug at mattcremona.com. If you look at the top, uh, click on chair kits and you will find these chairs. I find these to be just a real nice uh, compromise. If you, let's say you built a table and you just can't see your way to taking the time and effort to design and build your own chairs, even if you copy a plan, it's still a lot of work to make four chairs, six chairs. Uh, it's a great compromise because these are very woodworker-like. I mean that they are not the same kind of manufactured stuff that you get at a furniture store. This will make you feel, by the time you're done with mm -hmm. it, will make you feel like you actually did have a significant hand in building Kind of like chairs. I feel when I play Mario Golf. A lot like that I where you, totally you go, golf now. I can go full 18 rounds. And I'm like, no, you cannot. <laughs> <laughs> Whiff! She didn't even hit the ball. <laughs> so that's at Matt Cremona's website. Um, you know, Matt's a good buddy. Uh, full disclosure, we, we had an arrangement the arrangement was I was going to pay him. Yes. And he says, your money is no good here. And I said, well, then I'm going to plug you yes. hard. Nicole? <laughs> let's, uh, let's just promote him. Okay. We're going to promote your chairs. Okay. So uh, that's at <laughs> MacCremona.com. Go check it out. It's, hey, speaking uh, of good. MLCS, yeah. uh, Mitch, you should know that we are making lots of t uh, of the templates, the router templates. Well, that we'll you see said. about that. We're going to make them. That's in the plan. But They're we'll in see the plan. Yeah. So I'm excited to uh, get a little snowman. It's low, those router yeah. bowls. Do you so. want to build a snowman, Nicole? <laughs> uh, one other thing, speaking of MLCS, you guys see this bad boy? This is that Merrill clamp. Oh, yeah. That is just fantastic and beats the snot out of any other strap clamp that they have out there for, for clamping irregular things like this. We use the heck out of these on these chairs. Yeah. Why are you touching my laptop? I wanted to, there, oh, somebody thumb down. It's okay. He's upset about the sweater. Um, um, Robert Price says, oh, okay. well, technically good. not a Christmas sweater. Oh, that was loud. Sorry. Jeez, <laughs> Nicole, you're so excited. About your sweater. Settle down. Uh, yeah, I agree. That was kind of the reason why I figured this one was acceptable. It says nothing about Christmas. It's just snow. about snow. Which so. we are supposed to get like 20 inches in the area. You, you keep saying that. And I'm, I keep looking at a seven-day forecast. Yeah. It's got no snow in it. So we need to get our facts straight over here. Maybe it's in the mountains. Uh, it could be. That's where they have lots of snow, Nicole. Uh, Judy Grass is in the chat. She says, good morning, Spags. Finally made a live show after a hmm. long time. Here's to another rung on the ladder to good buddy status. Yeah, thanks, Judy. I'll give you good buddy status. Yeah, totally good buddy status. Uh, you know what? Also, I wanted to mention chair kits. Uh, Matt said that free shipping until the 15th right now. Oh, nice. So if you're interested in that, there are big hey, boxes that come in. You, you take advantage of that yeah. free shipping. Let's get to some questions, shall we? Oh, I guess. Okay, Evan Van Dyke wrote in, he says, do you have any good sources for hardware, like hinges, drawer pulls, etc.? Other than a good but small selection from Rockler, I haven't found any good sources. Uh, either pre-made or custom would be interesting. Sometimes you just want uh, good but inexpensive. Sometimes you need something specific. So I have three places that I typically go for hardware. There's lots more. Chat room might be great for throwing up some suggestions. CS Hardware, uh, so cshardware.com is where I go for, uh, I would call it more of, what's the kind of word? Uh, like practical hardware, things like full extension slides, undermount slides, um, you know, Euro hinges, uh, stuff like if you're making a kitchen, right? Those types of things or shop furniture. Uh, CS Hardware has a great selection uh, and pretty good prices too. 
Now, if you're looking for more brass hardware and things that you would use for like fine furniture, uh, we're looking at like Horton Brasses is a good option. That's Horton-Brasses.com. And then Brusso Hardware is an old favorite. Uh, Brusso makes top of the line, fantastic hardware. They do have a limited line of hardware. And I'm a little particular to Brusso because they always uh, help us with workers fighting cancer, which, by the way... They also sponsored Wood Talk for a couple of years. Uh, raised over $14,000 for St. Jude Research Hospital. So huge thanks to everybody that participated in Woodworkers Finding Cancer. If you're (laughs) curious to see all the builds, if you go to the woodwhisper.com, it's a a post towards the middle of the page, and you can see everybody. Yep. There's some great ones. Tim says uh, Christmas starts after Thanksgiving. (laughs) Look, in 2020, Christmas starts when we say it starts. Christmas started in September. (laughs) Who cares about Halloween? I posted a picture on uh, Instagram or a story, I think it was, of Ava dancing. And you could see our stockings yeah. hung by the chimney with care. And uh, they're like, what? Already? I'm like, yes. This year? Yeah. Yep. Yep. The kids uh, are we, home. We could use a little bit more yeah. holiday cheer. It's one of the things that, that you know, Ava's home with me all day. So it's actually a fun little thing. I'm like... Hey Ava, let's do this. Okay, and she yeah, gets really into it. It's a nice it and, distraction and decorates. You know, the bottom <clears throat> half of the tree. The house looks different for a little while. <laughs> it's just something nice to focus on. Yep. Okay. What do I got? I don't Will know. got a question from Will. Will. Uh, he says you use tried and true on the rocker and seemed to like it at the time, but haven't heard much about it lately on the show. Did you find something that you didn't like about it or just moved on to try different products? I would say mostly B, Will. Um, I moved on to different things. I'm using a lot of hard wax oils and things like that. What I found is, you know, the tried and true finishes, they're great for what they are. It's a polymerized linseed oil mix. And uh, that, that can be good, but you got to know what you're in for. If you're expecting a really super protective finish, you're just not going to get it with that. Uh, I also have found that some of the, you know, you know finishes like hard wax oils, your Osmos, your Rubios, uh, you can kind of get in one to two coats what it might take you months and numerous coats of a more traditional oil and wax blend that you make with something like a polymerized linseed or polymerized tongue oil. Uh, so I just find that I get the look that I want with a, a, a little bit more protection and a much simpler application process and a shorter application process using finishes like Rubio. And that's why most of my uh, finishing these days, that's what I've gravitated toward is Rubio. So I, I, I didn't mention uh, Judy did the super chat. Uh, she's my good buddy because we were talking in WoW. Yeah. So we're now WoW friends. Well, so am I. Are you friends with her? Uh, yeah, well? yeah. Oh, okay. Battle.net. I, I was watching her go in and out to, I guess, like different characters that yeah, she yeah. has. And I'm thinking, this is where people can see what I'm doing now. Right? Yes. Like if anyone, it, what happened to be on this morning, they saw I had like 10 minutes to kill. So I hopped into WoW and I'm yeah. like, wait, someone's going to see that I'm playing WoW like 10 minutes before we do a show. Do you, I know this is, <laughs> this is probably after show talk and we can talk about it more, but I'm seriously thinking about creating a, a TWW guild guild in mm-hmm. WoW. <laughs> sure. That'll go great. I think it'd right be now. kind of fun. Got a question from uh, the chat room. Don wants to know if... Um, I finished the assembly outfeed table. I need to make one and wondering when the video will be out. It's going to be a little while. Um, I'm still working on it. We had to halt progress on that because the chairs came in and the chairs were the priority. Mom really needs these chairs and she's been biting at the bit to get them. So I don't want to make her wait any longer than we have to. The other thing is Powermatic is coming out to my shop next week to film some stuff. 
right? Some promotional things. So they're going to be here for like three days next week. Mm -hmm. I need the shop to be as clear of crap as possible. So having chair parts laying around was not going to play well you, uh, for Matt, that. Matt, do you hear that? Call <clears throat> chairs crap. Look, he knows what the article. <laughs> you don't need to remind him. So uh, we wanted to get these chairs in, out, and done. Then I'll get back to the outfit assembly table. But because I'm filming with uh, Powermatic and uh, all of next week, I'm going to be at Brian Benham's place. Mm -hmm. It's going to be like a two-week delay before what's I get Brian, back to it. What's Brian building? <laughs> something. All right. We agreed on something, and I don't remember what it was. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be a beautifully designed, gorgeous piece of furniture because that's what mm. Brian does. Judy says she was having PC problems that day, and she was not tune hopping. Oh, sure, Judy. <laughs> she would have said hello. She's doing dailies. That's what she's doing. <laughs> She's uh, multi-boxing, Nicole. <laughs> Did you hear? They're, they banned it. They're really cracking they down cracking on it. They're cracking down on yeah, it. I saw that. Oh, my gosh. You know, and I did ask uh, Gazank. He's, he's saying, uh, get the long sleeve flannels out. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> last, last thing that I asked them on the call that we just had about, like, prepping for this <clears throat> was, hey, can you guys give me a heads up on what the heck I need to wear? Because last time, that didn't go well. No. And guess what? Uh, in a COVID world, I'm not borrowing guess who's shirt. not borrowing the cameraman shirt? <laughs> like, no thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a hard pass for me. Uh, Duncan says, do you have any have a good source on learning how to design projects for CNC? Nope. Nope. Not me. Um, I'm sure there are courses out there. And again, chat room, you guys are great for stuff mm -hmm. like this. Uh, I don't have a particular resource for designing projects on CNC. That is a difficult topic. When yeah, you, when you look at the all the different CNC machines out there, when you look at all the different software yeah. and all the different ways that you could design and then pull into a, a you know the whole CAD CAM sort of thing, there's a lot to it, and um, that's a tough topic to cover to mm -hmm. cover effectively. Interesting. Okay. You got another question? I got a question. I don't actually have that many questions. For I you. have the questions. Uh, like, let me let me do Tony Tang's. I, I have the meats. You got the meats. Okay. Uh, Tony Tang says, Hey, Mark, in a couple of your videos, you rough cut taper, oh, you rough cut tapers and then use the jointer to clean them. I really don't understand how this method can produce consistent tapers. It doesn't, right? Uh, if you're cutting with the bandsaw, the, the cleanliness of your cut and how consistent you are from leg to leg, if you're doing a tapered leg, uh, will then determine how well this works at the jointer. So if you're pretty good and you stay kind of on your line, uh, and your entry and exit points are the same on all your pieces, you absolutely can go and just take a couple light passes at the jointer and you get darn close. And in some cases with tapered legs, darn close is close enough. It, it's perfectly fine. You don't need absolute consistency with tapered legs most of the time. Uh, so yeah, I don't always get perfection, but you don't need perfection. But you can get pretty darn close with uh, a good steady hand, lay off the coffee that day. Um, but just most of the time, tapers don't need to be perfect. If they do, that's when you do something like a tapering jig. Which, by the way, we have a thing called the Taper Maker. Oh, yeah. It's a fantastic we, new tapering we jig. We should probably promote that. Yeah, we should. Uh, well, we already did on the show yeah. early on. But the Taper Maker is a great solution for making tapers. Uh, check out our website at TWWstore.com. If you're interested, people have already started to get their hardware kits. Mm -hmm. Even people who ordered overseas oh, wow. are getting their hardware kits. I can't that's wait impressive. to see. What I really can't wait to see is feedback and suggestions from people who have um, ideas to improve it. Right. Um, this is a, a jig that has only gone through two brains, uh, mostly Andy's, and then my brain kind of went in and went like this. I don't know. I rubbed it, on it a little bit. If it went through Andy's brain, I think uh, I think that's pretty good. Not what well, I agree. I agree. But here's the thing: a lot of times when you're in the weeds on stuff like yeah. this, an outside perspective can be in incredibly helpful to help us see things we couldn't see. Mm. You know. So, uh, anyways, 
That's at, uh, yo, you put the link in the chat. TWW store. We also got pencils. We do. Yeah. They, uh, they have pencils. They're, they're cedar they're, they're pencils. Pencil-y. Yeah. They just look like pencils. It just took me forever. I'm very proud of myself for finally getting them in because it took me forever to get them. You know, we, there were five packs. Yeah. And I think someone didn't realize they were five packs. They ordered 50 pencils. Oh, my gosh. And my mom is like, you know, you she's on top of this stuff. Yeah. So she's immediately like, did you really mean to order 50 pencils? Because that's like, oh, that's a lot of our stock. Yeah. <laughs> like, these are fun pencils. These yeah. aren't like stock up on your Ticonderoga pencils, right? right? right. Like at, at Costco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ticonderoga. Isn't that what they are? Isn't yes, that the brand? Yes, that, that, <laughs> that is the brand that teachers love and yeah. prefer. Well, of course. Ticonderoga, Nicole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, I noticed one thing that I do on this show that mm-hmm. I don't do in real life. What? I say your name a lot. You say my name? Well, like when we do the show. Mm-hmm. I go... Right, Nicole? Yeah. And I say Nicole? I like it when you say my name. Yeah, but I don't but I don't do that in like outside of this show. Only when you're upset with me. <laughs> really, like, Nicole? Nicole. Really? <laughs> More and me, Christmas and, decorations. And I say your name when I'm yelling for you. Oh boy, do you. Mark! I hear the kids copy it too. <laughs> it's funny when Ava does that. I love it. Okay, my last question. <laughs> uh, Kevin. If- okay, well, hold on. Dennis Miko says CNC training. Look at April. Wilkerson at Wilkerdoos or uh, Woodworkers Guild of America. So there, there you go. go. <clears throat> Let's see. Where's my questions? Uh, okay, last one. It was from, actually, we got another one from Karen. Okay, this one is from Kevin. He says, how accurate should a crosscut sled be for woodworking? I have a new Ingram Miter 5000 and tuned it to the best of my ability. Use the five cut method to measure its accuracy. At the end of the fifth cut, I'm seeing 0.085 inches across an 18 inch long strip which is four times the true error. So the true error, what he's looking at is 0.02125. He says, is this good enough? I think it is, right? So let's break it down. The closest fraction for people who can't think in American and decimal, which is Mm -hmm. tricky sometimes, the closest fraction is about a 64th of an inch, maybe a little bit more than a 64th, I believe. Uh, So 64th is pretty small over an 18-inch long piece. So what, what he's saying is if you cut a strip and then measure that strip, the cut is off that 164th over the course of 18 inches. That's not a lot. That's really not a lot. I think you're probably fine. Could you get better, especially with the Inker 5000? You probably could, but you might spend half a day chasing that down, doing a little tap, then a test, then a tap, then a test. So if you have Tapping nothing test. to do and you want to get it a little bit better, you probably can. But do I think a 64th over the course of 18 inches is going to make or break the quality of your work? I don't think so. I don't think it's going to be a problem. Scroll all the way down. Yep. Uh, where'd it go? Here I it is. don't know. Shmuley, I don't know how to say his name. Shmulek Edry, Nicole. That's what we call him. Yep. That's what we used to call him in school. And this is totally on topic, by the way. He was asking if we could ask an off topic. This is totally on topic. Yeah, there is no off topic. <clears throat> well, yeah. Unless we're talking about World of Warcraft yeah. and movies, yeah. Star Trek. It's only off topic if we're not interested in it. No, it's off topic <laughs> if it's like not dealing with woodworking. Man, I got some sinus headache thing going on today, or baby. I got just sinuses. Okay. Uh, Schmullick says, I made your cutting board and noticed cracks on every piece of the maple wood, but the walnut wood was solid. Was there something I did wrong? Um, I'm, having, um, I'm having deja vu. I feel like I've answered this question. Did I've, we do it in a video? No, 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 no. I think he contacted me on social media ah. and I replied yesterday. So mm. I know I have replied to you on this. I didn't understand what, what he 
the way he worded it, okay. I thought he was saying that the kit came with cracks in the walnut. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And I said, well, then you need to send that back and get wood that doesn't have cracks in it. Okay. Because I think it was a Bell Forest kit. Uh, if you've already made the cutting board and those cracks are new, that's a little bit tricky to diagnose necessarily. I don't really know what, what would have necessarily happened if those cracks weren't already there to begin with. Yeah. And how long has the board been, you know, been around? What did you do to it? Did it get water exposure, yeah. like an excessive amount of water? Uh, here's the thing with end grain cutting boards. I, I try to warn people that even if you do everything right, sometimes things can go wrong. Uh, and it just is, you know, it's a lot of glue joints in a very small amount of space. It's it's a different grain direction sometimes pulling at each other. There, there can be a lot of tension built into these things, especially for an item that's going to get wet and then dry and then wet and then dry. So it's a torture test. Yeah, was wood. the cracks before or after you put it together? Could Could something with like... The pressure cause it? When it, I mean, when it comes to cutting boards, there's all kinds of things that can cause problems. But to me, if, if we're talking about consistently the maple is cracking in multiple places, mm -hmm. that to me points to a problem with that board of maple. A lot of times there's stress fractures inside the wood that don't become visible until later in the project. And I've done that many times where I'm like, this board looked great. And then now that I've got finish on it, I see these little hairline fractures in the end grain. And I'm like, dang it, now what do I do, mm -hmm. right? So it so could very do? well be inherent in the Can wood. You throw some epoxy on it and squeeze it? I'm gonna say some people would put epoxy in there. These are probably not cracks that will take a lot of epoxy. Mm -hmm. They're probably hairline. Uh, so some people would use epoxy. I have used epoxy in the past. I still caution people about the safety aspects of, mm -hmm. of using epoxy, and I, I don't feel comfortable commenting on it because I don't know the facts. You said it. it happened after you glued everything together. Yeah, I mean, that to me screams of, yes, there might be something you've done in the process, but even then, all if all of the maple pieces have these cracks, right, it seems like something was already wrong with the, with the maple, and then what you did to it just kind of exacerbated it and it showed its ugly, so, reared yeah. its ugly head. Did he say he got it from Bell Forest? I thought he did. If, in... if you did get it from Bell Forest, reach out to them. They have great customer support. Send them a picture too. Yeah. They're really nice there. And just say, hey, look, I'm not looking for freebies here, but after I made this cutting board, I got all these cracks all over the place. Everything else looks fine. I, I think I did everything correctly. Uh, you know, what do you think? And see mm -hmm. if they can send you some replacement. It doesn't help hurt your feelings or uh, fix your feelings because mm -hmm. you put all Spent that work all into it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you have a cutting board that's questionable. <laughs> but you know that's the way it goes sometimes it's a learn think of it as a learning yeah what you learn is to stop making cutting boards that's <laughs> what i did <laughs> he hates making cutting boards <laughs> i mean the people who like really get into it and, they, and it's a revenue stream yeah. for them i've got all the respect in the world for them but i would never want to warranty yeah. a cutting board it's why i buy my cutting boards from other woodworkers <laughs> Yeah, but, but the ones we have are the ones I use. It's not like yeah. we use, uh, well, no, no, we didn't buy it, but um, what's his name? Alex Snodgrass. Yep, he sent, he sent us, us a couple beautiful yeah. 3D cutting boards that are now like the primary cutting mm -hmm. boards. Mm -hmm. Okay. I have an email here from Joe Hunt. He, he sent said, hold on, he says he still loves his cutting board the way it is. And that's how it should be. Because <laughs> it's your cutting board. Yes. Uh, he said, I have a friend who's retiring at the end of the year. He's 81 years old and has mm. been woodworking since he was nine, hammering awesome. every nail he could into two by fours. His retirement is basically what he, he can sell his remaining unfinished products and his, and his tools for over the next couple of months. We plan and hope to complete and sell everything. What I'm wondering is, what is the most effective way of selling cutting boards, jewelry boxes, chess boards, and such? I plan to post on 
uh, Facebook Marketplace, mm-hmm. Craigslist, and something I've never even heard of, uh, Zotto. Have you heard of Zotto? Zada, Z- Z- it's Zida- like Idaho Zidaho? with a Z in front of Zidaho? it. Zidaho? Zidaho. I don't know what that is. COVID uh, made setting up a Saturday market or an event at our local expo. Yeah. Uh, That's not going to happen. Yeah. That's what he's saying. Yeah. So I would not need to reach out if he had family he could depend on. Thanks. Um, man. I don't have an answer. I don't, I don't sell either. stuff anymore. Yeah. You know? I mean, all the things he mentioned sound like the right things to do. Facebook Marketplace. Etsy store. There's a website called custommade.com, um, but that's usually that's usually Is for, that still a thing? It is still a thing. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, again, chat room, great question. What's what's a great way for someone who doesn't already have a presence in those places? I think that's the, the challenge. Yeah. Uh, we all know these tools exist, but you don't already if you don't already have a presence, it might be difficult to just go in there and offload a bunch of and, things that you know, are maybe, finished now. Maybe thinking in terms of how you present the the pieces too. Um, I get lots of Facebook marketing ads or Facebook ads, and it's just for something stupid, but they make it look awesome. Mm-hmm. Like how you photo- how you you know take a picture of it or you know use it in marketing. There's a there's a free service called Canva that's like an online Photoshop. It's free to use, and you can make cool images. Don't negate any of that kind of marketing one-on-one stuff too. True. So. And the thing that's challenging though is this is temporary. Yeah. Right? So it's a matter of like you want to put effort into it because you want to get the job done. But at the same time, all the things that we usually do to sell stuff require sort of a long-term commitment to mm-hmm. really make it successful, which is not what you want to do for something that's temporary. Right. So right. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's, that's going to be a challenge. But you, you, it seems like it, they have some resources They're on the right there. path. Okay, uh, Crystal has a question about stress fractures. Stress fracture. How would you save a board with multiple stress cracks? Board is bloodwood. Well, depends on where those cracks are. Uh, most of the time I will do epoxy fills if possible. Uh, a lot of times the stress, stress fractures show themselves on the end grain. So I have been known to take a board, put it in the, the vise so it's straight up and down, put a little bit of blue tape to create a dam around the outside and just put epoxy in one end. And I use stuff like Total Boat and um, uh, what's the other one? West System. Both are very loose epoxies that if there is open end grain, they usually do uh, soak in pretty well. And especially if there's cracks, it can soak in there too. Uh, let that soak in as deep as it can possibly go. And then that's the best you can hope for is to hopefully, I'm just hiccuping and burping here. It's disgusting. Uh, hopefully that will stabilize those cracks so they don't get worse over time. But that's usually about all that I do. Try to stabilize them with epoxy, sometimes with CA glue, depending on where they're located, like in the face. And if it's very thin, I might use a thin CA and then move to a medium CA glue to fill it. Uh, but most of the time, if I can get epoxy in there, that's going to be my, my preferred solution. Got a question here from uh, Don. SARS good. SARS good. Uh, hey, hello, Mark and Nicole. Mark, have you finished the assembly outfeed table? I need to make one, and I'm Just wondering. That oh, did you? Never yep. mind. Never mind. On to Michael Scott Stockdale's question. Okay. If you can get one of those new gear-driven power mag drill presses, I'm really interested in seeing a review of it. Well, look. I can tell you first off, I'm not the place you want to go for a review. Powermatic is a sponsor of mine. <laughs> There's a real good chance I will be getting one of those because yep. they want me to have it. <laughs> so uh, th- it's like the, this new drill press thing is looking pretty, pretty cool. And I'm probably going to like it. 
but at the same time, you know, I have to call a spade a spade. They are a sponsor. I try not to like deliberately say, here's my Powermatic review. Like I know a lot of people who, who do like deals with Home Depot mm-hmm. and they get tools as part of those deals. And then the other part of the deal is that they have to write a review. <laughs> like that, that doesn't always compute. Uh, I guess if you want to look at the, um, uh, the list of things that that tool does, you'll, you might find that information there, but I get a little bit itchy um, about paid reviews, right? So uh, I, I'll give you my opinion and I will be 100% honest, but it is what it is, right? Yeah. So I, I do hope that we will have one of those in the shop and I'll be able to, uh, at the very least, show you how it works and give you an idea of its feature set so you can decide if it's, if it's the right move. So uh, someone asked where you got your shirt. Amazon. I'm going to put a link, an affiliate link in the chat. Internet baby. Um, if you go to amazon.com slash shop slash the wood whisperer, uh, I have a category called Mark's T-shirts and mm-hmm. I just added that to it. So okay. you can find it very easily there. And if you shop through our Amazon store, we get a small percentage affiliate cut for that. Yep. So we're, I have lots and lots of categories on there. We're an affiliate. We're affiliate. Uh, Harry wants to know. He says, is there... Any epoxy that cannot be cut with woodworking tools. If so, it would be a good idea to avoid that. Um, I think woodworking tools will plow through epoxy. I don't know if I'd want to do a ton of it uh, because you might get like heat buildup and that could cause melting and things like that. Anytime you do any kind of plastics with with regular tools, uh, you always kind of run that risk. But I think if you're just doing an occasional thing uh, or it's like an epoxy fill that you then have to cut through, wouldn't worry too much about that. Let's see. Uh, Karen uh, put a question on the Patreon post. Asked this last week, but I think it was too late, so I'm trying again. Can you talk about seal-mounted air filtration unit? Sealing-mounted. Oh, sorry. Did I say... What did Uh I say? Seal. Seal. (laughs) (laughs) Different thing, but go ahead. Uh, How to pick one, what to look for. Also, my workshop only takes up up one-third of a three-car garage, but I need to filter the entire thing. Is Mm -hmm. there any difference between having a large one centrally located? Centrally Centrally located. I can't talk this morning. Uh, Versus two smaller units hung on the opposite sides. Uh, For the size you're talking, Karen, I think you could do anything you need to do with the smaller, like a single unit. I don't think you want to go two. Um, I do think two would be more efficient. I've got two in my shop, and Mm -hmm. there's times where I run them both. Um, But ultimately, do you need two? Definitely not in your space. I think if you look at uh, one of the best performers, the best reviewed um, air cleaners out there is Jet's air cleaner. Uh, they only have one. It's a, it's a really nice unit. <clears throat> if you have a larger budget available, take a look at the Powermatic. The Powermatic is absolutely the, the quietest one on is the it market. This one? That is, it's the um, 1000B, AFS yeah. 1000B. I'm going to throw this in our Amazon store because it's there. Yeah. And I think with these, a lot of times you can kind of just look at the CFM rating to see how they compare. Uh, but upkeep, care, sometimes they take filters. You have to replace those filters. That's one of the reasons why I really like the Powermatic in spite of the higher price is the fact that it's got an electrostatic filter on there. And I think you get like 30,000 hours out of it. Um, I find them very effective and a lot one? more fun to take one? care of. What? The circle. The circle, circle one. one. Somebody in the Guild group was selling theirs. Oh, yeah, like, I saw that. Yeah, 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 for and like there was a, bucks. There was a period of time, um, like last year, where for whatever reason, Powermatic or Amazon was offloading those things. Yeah. And they were like almost half price, if I yeah. remember correctly. They were like 300 bucks. So or a lot of right? people, yeah, a lot of people picked those up at that time. Um, I still think that is the best one out there 
especially because I need things to be quiet in the shop when I'm filming. Um, but in your case, look at the Jet. There's other brands out there too that make that same sort of squirrel cage kind of filter. Jet isn't the only one, uh, but I think that's one of the, the better ones. But um, Wen makes uh-huh. a pretty nice filter. Um, gosh, there's so many other companies that are making them. So look into it, but just one. I they're, think you can get away plentiful. with one. They're plentiful. I... I uh, <clears throat> Under the category Friday Live is where I put both of those um, air filters. Brian Thorpe says, question mark. (laughs) Have you noticed that there is not a mathematical, um, there's not enough mathematically of part B Rubio for the amount of part A? I haven't noticed that and I'll tell you why. It's because the activator never lasts long enough. It hardens because the the cans that they put those things in uh, don't work out so well. So uh, I don't love that. I wind up always needing more activator and it's just because it goes bad. So if I had the opportunity to actually use it all and do a full thing, maybe I would notice the, the mathematical issue. But that surprises me that they don't put enough to give you the three to one ratio you're supposed to use. Because ultimately you're supposed to be able to, like let's say you're doing a floor, uh, take that whole can and take the other part B can and put the whole thing together and it should be the right ratio. That's, that's the intention with those two things being sold together. So that really surprises me that they wouldn't work out that way. I'd have to do the math because they, I mean, it's a liter and then I think 250 mil or something. I don't know what the number is. <laughs> Someone do the math. I don't know. Uh, Judy said that uh, That said it shouldn't really matter. I, I don't think the, the ratio has to be perfect. Judy Sorry. said that there's a Facebook group called Can I Have It Vintage Tool Auction. It's a group. It's a good place to sell old tools as well. Okay, good. We need those suggestions because we're not uh, very good with <laughs> selling things online like that. <laughs> Uh, Brian Walrich says, what's the best way to use an ambient air filter while in the shop or after you are done in the shop? Okay, so general consensus in the past was that these things are only good to use after the dust stops, Mm. right? I disagree with that. Um, The reason I disagree with that is because I'm usually protecting myself with a respirator. So I think the, the, you know, conventional wisdom on that was that the job of that air filter is to circulate air to catch as much airborne dust as possible. So if you run that while you're running tools, you're probably going to catch a lot more of the stuff that probably would have just settled down to the ground and you're currently still making dust. So by circulating air, you're actually pulling more of that dust up into the air that you're breathing, right? So the whole idea seems to surround, um, you know, this concept of not protecting yourself while you're in the shop anyway. So if I have a respirator on, I would rather kick up as much dust as possible to catch it so that when I'm ready to take my respirator off, the shop air is cleaner, right? So that's only because I wear my respirator all the time. If you are running that air cleaner and hoping to not have to wear a respirator, you may want to do the conventional wisdom thing, which is wait till the dust making process has stopped, then turn it on when you leave so that the air is nice and clean when you come back in the shop. Uh, For me, I'm out here for full work days. We're starting and stopping and starting and stopping. A lot of days, if it's really dusty work, I just run these things the whole time that I'm in here. Mm-hmm. It just seems to be the smartest way for me to get the air clean. But again, I'm protecting myself directly with a respirator. We're going to keep on the, the air filter track. Let's uh, do it. Matt Hughes says, with those air filters, floor mounted or ceiling mounted, ceiling mounted, ceiling never made much sense to me. The dust wants to fall. No, the dust wants to go in your lungs. Right. All right. There's different size dust particles. So some of it does want to fall. The bigger stuff falls. The smaller stuff floats around. 
So the idea of the ceiling mounted is you're protecting yourself from what is truly the most dangerous dust out there, the smaller particles, the, teeny, teeny the things you probably can't even see. They're so tiny. Uh, so ideally, if you can collect in both places, that's great. I've got one on the floor here by my workbench, and I got one up on the ceiling. Uh, so yeah, if you are truly trying to clean the air and get those dangerous small particles out of the air, you want to catch that airborne stuff, right? It's all it all comes down to like a multi-level thing. You're, you you have power tools that are running. Ideally, the best thing you could do is collect at the source. If that stuff never hits the air in the first place, you're that much better off. That's less work for those air cleaners to do. But the things that do escape typically are the smallest, most dangerous particles. That's the stuff you really need to be concerned about. And that's why you have those filters. Man, it is a shop uh, filter, air filter day. Yay. Patrick Cunningham says, I'm looking to upgrade from a shop vac with a dust, dep dust deputy to okay. an actual dust collector. Yep. Am I better off getting a 650 CFM with a one micron filter or the 1250 CFM with a 30 micron bag? That's tough. He said, I will not be running duck ducking, just hooking up one machine at a time. I say go for the 1250 and buy a better bag. They do mm -hmm. sell, I don't know for that particular model, but they do sell aftermarket bags. Uh, I do kind of have a problem with a 30 micron filter not catching the most dangerous stuff, uh, and that that it that does bother me. I would, I think if I were into it, I'm a little bit paranoid about these things. I might go for if I had to choose between those two, go for the lower powered unit that has the better filter. But Higher. I think ideally you're better off getting the more powerful unit and trying to find an aftermarket filter that does what you need the filter to do. Yep, it's an air filtration day. It's all about the air quality, baby. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I got a question here from uh, Creston Simpson. What hand plane should I should a beginner buy on a budget? I know we've had this question before many times. What hand plane should you buy on a budget? Mm -hmm. um, I like, think it, again, hand planes are you know it's one of those things. Really depends on what you want to do with right. it. Are you looking to mill lumber? You know, yeah. so you get it nice and flat and straight. Or are you working with power tools and you want to use those hand tools to kind of finesse your work? And I don't have that answer. I don't know. Um, Jet plane. I think if you are going for one plane to try to do a lot of different things, Nicole nailed it. Uh, I think the jack plane is a good solution, specifically a low angle jack plane where you could swap out the blades and change the angle of attack for different tasks that you need to do. That may not be the perfect answer, but I don't know your, your shop situation. We don't. Yeah. Uh, Logan Zoltar. Any update on the beginner woodworking tool guide project. I remember the picture of the tools for testing, but I haven't seen anything since. They're right over here. The yep. tools are still here. They're tucked away safely. Yep. And uh, the plan is is still to do it, right? The plan is to do it. Yeah. That's all I can say. It's in the plan. It's in the plan. Is it on the list? It is on the list. It's yeah. on the list. It's on the uh, so list here. He has a, a, you should show them the whiteboard. No, they don't need to see the whiteboard. So I think ultimately what I'm trying to do with that course is, um, you know, John is a few months into working mm -hmm. for us. We're starting to get that sort of headway and we're starting to get the backlog of content. Uh, what I've kind of been waiting for is to feel like we've done enough, right? Yeah, yeah. That we, we have enough we're ahead. ready to go. We're ahead enough that I could completely get my brain into doing this totally different Thing. different weird thing that I haven't done before. Um, so it's a mindset thing and a scheduling thing. So it, I do expect it to happen. I would probably expect that to be a 2021 mm -hmm. thing. And we're still planning to do it on the free site, right? I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. 
I uh, got a question here from Victor Papa 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 Giorgio. Papa Nick Papa Giorgio. <laughs> Any tips for pre preventing tear out on Purple Heart? My dice trays look amazing except for the chewed up ends. It comes down to the same thing you do with any wood. Uh, you got to use very sharp blades. A lot of times if you move to like the cross cuts, you move to a higher tooth count blade, uh, you get a smoother cut there. You should be using a zero clearance insert if you're cutting these at the table saw. And you might want to use blue tape. Uh, sometimes, blue tape. Yep, sometimes taping uh, the cut line and then cutting through that blue tape is a great way to kind of secure those fibers a little bit and prevent them from tearing out. Uh, also, if you're using a crosscut sled or a miter gauge, make sure you have a sacrificial fence on that that only has the blade kerf width cut into it. Um, it's all about supporting those fibers. And if you don't, you're going to get tear out. If you do, you should be, um, you know, a little bit better off. Sean Patterson has a question. If you could safely vent directly outside <clears throat> versus using an air canister for your dust collector, would you hesitate... Uh, cutting that permanent hole in the side of your house, pros and cons. Well, you're talking to someone who's done it twice. <laughs> you did. So obviously I'm okay cutting holes in my house. <laughs> but it's never great to break the um, environmental sort of seal that, that you have in a conditioned space like that. But you got to pick your battles. And to me, my workshop is not a living room. My workshop is a place that will range in temperatures. Sometimes it's more comfortable than others. It's really loud. It's dirty. Uh, that's what a workshop is. So if I had the opportunity to vent outside to avoid having to deal with a canister filter attached to my cyclone, I would do it in a heartbeat. hundred mm -hmm. percent. And a lot of people do have issues with that. Do your research about it. Your neighbors you certainly. Like <laughs> you, well, that's with a safely part, yes, right? Yeah. You don't want neighbors anywhere near you and you don't want windows to your shop space anywhere near that because it can just kind of work its way back in. Uh, but for me personally, I think if, if I had that opportunity again, I would totally do it. Because you know what sucks? That filter. That filter sucks. Cleaning that thing, it just get, gets caked in there. Mm -hmm. um, and then I you just, gotta, you blow it out and it creates this dust. Of yeah, and I always have this feeling in the back of my mind if there's some kind of a leak or if the filter just isn't effective anymore that it's still pushing small particles out into the air. I'm always cautious of that. And mm -hmm. eventually you do have to replace it. Um, yeah, if you live out in the country and you could put a hole in the shop and just push that stuff outside, I say go for it. Again, the other concern besides safety is uh, you need to be concerned about conditioning the air, right? Mm -hmm. So if it's well heated and then you run that thing for an hour, just be prepared for a um, you know higher electric bill, replacing that hot air. <clears throat> You're full of hot air. Uh, that's what they say. <laughs> What else we got? I've got a question here from Luther Woodworks. Any smartphone apps that you use in your woodworking that you can recommend um, besides the calculator? <sighs> no. I don't. I mean, the woodworking widget used to be a recommendation, but I don't think. Um, I don't think he updates it. I don't think it's been updated in a long time, so it may not work that well anymore. And I don't know how much. Once things that calculate stuff start to not be updated, I get nervous about whether it's going to be accurate anymore. Yeah. Well, there's like the Sagulator. Right, but that's not... I don't think it's an app. I think that's a that's, website. That's a lot on, of them is websites. That's on Woodbin. Yeah. Um, but I don't really have any recommendations. Uh, most of the time, I just use a calculator. Yeah. But there are there are um, app, cool apps out there. I just don't use them. Gary Badger has a question at the very bottom. Uh, hold on. Or you might find another question. I see people seconding someone else's question. Oh, I've already asked. I already asked Sean. Oh, perfect. That was the last one. You... Okay. And whose question now? Uh, Gary Badger's. Gary there's a missile in my house, Gary. <laughs> All right, hold on. 
Mark, have you ever edge banded the end grain on a eight quarter wood where the long grain and end grain is visible? No, I don't think so because that sounds like a bad idea. Um, I mean, depending on the, the width of the board, I don't care about the thickness. If it's eight quarter, that's fine. Um, but generally, there's not a whole lot of scenarios where edge banding the end grain of a solid board is a good idea. Uh, that, that's just a cross grain situation and you're bound to have problems with that. So barring other circumstances and, and, and you know part sizes that I don't know about, uh, most of the time I'm going to say don't do that. It's probably not going to be a great result. Uh, Apo Apina wants to know what temperature is your workshop this workshop at normally? Oh, what's it feel I mean, like? Sixty between sixty five and sixty eight, maybe sixty eight, something like that. Yeah. Like it's it's basically we have it at a temperature where if all you're doing is going into the shop and doing this, you probably want a long sleeve thing mm -hmm. on. It'll make you a little I don't know, more I'm comfortable. Kinda, I'm a little sweaty. Yeah, I mean, but it's at that borderline, right? Yeah, yeah. It's also going to be 75 it's, yeah, outside. It's, it's, <laughs> it's nice not the outside. coldest day and uh, it's not that big of a deal in here right now. Uh, but I do find that it's at a temperature where as soon as we start moving around and working, you generally want to have the short sleeves on, your body heat gets up and you're fine, right? So I don't, you know, warm it to the same level that we warm the house, but it's usually in the mid 60s, I would say. All right, what else we got? We're done? I think your, Our timer uh, is up. your timer went off. We got to get to the after show. Yeah, I'll pick I'll pick a winner of the Gill Project offline. Yeah. Uh, what else? Anything else going on that we can think of? I don't Just know. one more thing. Someone says um, it's called a breadboard. I think that's in, in, in reference to the edge banding we talked about. Yes, yeah. so that is a good point. Yes, you can put some kind of edge banding, but it wouldn't be edge banding. When we talk about edge banding, we're usually talking about a thin piece of material applied to simply hide whatever material is under it, usually plywood. Um, I would not call that a breadboard. But a breadboard, if done properly, is a way to get a cross grain board attached to end grain of solid wood and still have things be okay, but it's got to be done correctly. When are you releasing that? Uh... As soon as Todd gets it done. Okay. So Todd is busting his butt. He's got <laughs> a new job. Todd's in the chat room. Get out of the chat room, Todd. Yeah, Chad, what are you talking? I just call him Chad. Chad. That's what you get. You are now Chad until I get that breadboard video. Now he's working his butt off. Yeah, he's got he guild projects yeah. to do. He's got a real job, Nicole. Yes. Thank you, Todd. So we, we appreciate it, it, Todd. We don't say it enough. Thank you. I say it with money. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I say it. But the breadboard video, I sent him the voiceover. Um, I do expect and hope that we'll be able to publish the breadboard video uh, by the end of next week. Luther said his new iPhone 12 Pro has a, a what? I don't know what that is. And can do 3D scans of objects. Do what now? It says... It has a LiDAR? LiDAR. And it can do 3D scans of objects. Weird. Interesting. Well, you know what? I'm going to 3D scan. What? An object. An object. I'm not going to you know, tell you which one, though. There is an app out there. <laughs> Brian Walrick says, kneel before Chad. <laughs> there is an app out there that you can scan a math problem. I'm helping my son do third grade math, and I can scan the problem, and it will tell me how to solve it. <laughs> That's good. Uh, uh, the great and powerful Chad. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think that's about it for us. Hey, if you are at the uh, $5 level on Patreon yep. or, or the, the membership thing on YouTube, we're going to do an after show. And that usually consists on very off-topic things. More goofy, it less, gets, less woodworking. It gets even worse. It's more chod talk. More chod talk. Okay. I'm going to post the link 
uh, to the after show from if you're a Patreon supporter in the chat. And if you are a YouTube member, you just need to go over to the community tab yeah. uh, to click the link to the video. So okay. we will see you on the flip side. See you on the flip side. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye. And hopefully I'll see you next Friday. Yes. Not sure. <laughs> Not totally sure.